This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 381, Cut to the Chase, a.k.a. Neural Flurb. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to our show, GamesAtWork.biz. My name is Andy Piper. I'm one of the three semi-regular, regular, as often as we can be here, hosts. Uh, and our show is all about what's new in technology, gaming, uh, virtual worlds, metaverse, working together, collaboration, all kinds of cool social technology and other topics. I am joined. So what you're saying is it's a really narrow cast yeah. with all those different things. Really, really tight, narrow. tight sort of set of interests. Um, Anything with a degree of nerbal flurbiness, basically. Nerbal flurb, you see? A- anything we could give a crap about. Anything that uh, we might be interested in. So um, I am joined by two folks that you've just heard from, um, and I'll hand over to ask uh, you, Michael Rowe, how's it going? It is going well, Andy. Uh, it's been an exciting week, and uh, we missed you last week when you were off having a good time. I was off uh, being uh, geeky. Glad to have you it back. was great. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I had a, I had a really nice long weekend with some friends um, that I used to go to um, a geek convention with here in the UK, but that convention sort of came to a natural end, and um, a group of us decided that we still like each other and we still like hanging out and playing games and talking sci-fi anyway. and, and yeah we so we hang out anyway so it was it was a good uh, good weekend and, and uh i guess over to you michael martin how are you doing fantastic and i'm glad we're gonna get a chance to talk some tech here because uh, we got a bunch of fun tech things to talk about uh starting off with a bit of a primer michael as you were alluding to in the beginning uh what's this hype cycle thing that we're talking about here it's not a roller coaster ride or anything now is it it looks like one must be. Well, the, the, the funny the funny thing is, um, so Gartner does different hype cycles, right, which uh, describe the current state of some thing, whatever that thing is. In this case, it's a hype cycle for emerging tech. They do other hype cycles, too. Um, and they have different periods of time with different titles. Uh, So example, the peak of inflated expectations, which is kind of the the peak of the hype cycle. Uh, And what most people see when they see this is they look at it and they go, oh, the peak of uh, inflated expectations. Yep, I see that. And the color of the bubble of that thing, like Web 3, is dark blue. So that means Web 3 is going to be completely mainstream in in five to 10 years. That's, that's how people read the hype cycle because each color of the dot or the triangle or whatever represents a time period. But that does not mean, it does not mean that uh, it will be at that stage in five to 10 years. It means it could, uh, but you can see things that are on the hype cycle on the far left just as innovation right now, which also have a five to 10 years time cycle, time outlook based off of the hype cycle 
So it's, it's one of these charts that people love to have and they're extremely overloaded with information and people mostly misread them, <laughs> assuming that the, the, the time period uh, if applies or aligns with the period it is in within the hype cycle itself. So what the story is um, from, oh, we picked this up from a website called scarredghost.com, which is not one that I've come across before, but um, it came across my news radar somehow this week. Uh, and this is talking about Gartner's um, height cycle and the fact that meta, the metaverse is on it. And it is in the first section, which if you are familiar with the hype cycle at all, is the uh, innovation trigger section. Um, so it's kind of on the upward curve towards that peak of inflated expectations at the top there that Michael mentioned. And it is, so each of the technologies, there's a ton of different technologies listed here or, or concepts listed, uh, has a different shape which uh, and color, which determines or indicates how long Gartner think it is um, or where it's at. So it's showing a showing that the plateau for 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 which is the plateau of productivity, the far right of the of the curve for the metaverse is likely to be another more than ten years. So that's the uh, that's the kind of news item here, I guess that. This yeah. metaverse thing that we've been talking about for more than 10 years already, um, maybe 15, uh, in, or, and I don't remember exactly when Snow Crash was published, but you know, some time ago, um, is still a, a more than 10 years away if it's a thing. Uh, and they probably still haven't got it. Have they got a definition for it? Have they defined it? They, they, they probably do, but probably not in this article. Mm. Uh, you, you tend to have to get the detailed uh, hype cycle report uh, to understand what they mean for each of these things. Um, and yeah, the, the thing that I like is based off of emerging tech, this makes sense, right? In emerging tech, nothing is in the plateau of productivity yet because it's all emerging. However, uh, none of the emerging tech is yet in the trough of disillusionment. And I've seen a lot of things down in there, right? Uh, yeah, NFTs fact, feel like they're in the trough for sure. The metaverse, it could have been down there multiple times. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> completely. So like a good roller coaster, it's gone backwards. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's the current definition of metaverse, as it's currently defined, is kind of in its trigger phase right now. Um, and it's not totally hyped out yet. So there's a few things on is this. Is it not totally hyped out yet? Well, no. I mean, I don't still don't think it is. But 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 bizarrely, um, Web three is reaching the peak of inflated expectations, um, which I find interesting. Um, NFTs have just gone over it towards the trough of disillusionment. They, they believe um, there's a few things in here which I hadn't come across. And the one that um, I need to go look up potentially if I'm that interested is uh, the very first thing at the very beginning of the curve, which uh, is cyber, cyber security mesh architecture. Um, lots of buzzwords. There's some digital twin in here that we've spoken about recently on uh, recent shows as well. But it's um, digital twin of a customer yes, as opposed is, to a, of a machine or yes. something else. So yeah, that's kind of intriguing, right? And then uh, completely different, uh, just because it's got the word digital in it doesn't mean it's the same thing. A uh, completely different aspect is digital humans, which is further up and... Uh, the, the the curve and also in the more than 10 years um, the, the one that's interesting to me is open telemetry yeah 
Well, I, that that actually sounds interesting just off its title and my definition of those two words. Mm, <laughs> mm. Right. So doing a little comparison between the 2022 edition and the 2017 edition down below, one of the things that struck me, uh, some of it did, some of it didn't, but what struck me is that the quantum computing angle from 2017, which was uh, 10 years out or more than 10 years out, seems to have completely disappeared into its block sphere in 2022 and it's not on the list at all yeah and and in theory in the report they would say it's no longer on there for these reasons you would yeah you would think so right because it's it's not hit the plateau of productivity yet there's still a lot of investment there there's a lot of capabilities coming it's just not emerging. There's a, there's a ton of things here which are not there uh, from the from the 2017 but, curve that, that no longer show up. And in the 2017 curve, you've got virtual reality yep, on the slope. On the slope, the exactly. So, and it's does that mean it's one past? Of those things we would consider as part of the definition of the metaverse mm. in certain. Areas. Mm. But digital twin is there, but not digital twin of a customer. Yeah, um, yeah, fascinating, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I find it really interesting to see the way that. The, the world moves along. We, we have an example of the, the world moving along and staying the same because um, Fortnite has been experimenting still uh, with a metaverse concert arena. It's actually, it's not really experimenting. The Fortnite has done this now a few times and we've seen this in virtual reality and uh, digital spaces too for quite a bit. So I like, the article i like the visual representation here this looks pretty cool but we've had plenty of entertainment and concerts in virtual experiences before as well ah but not with state farm <laughs> that's really important because it's an insurance risk they're they're managing their insurance risk well, of the concert yeah you know it might get rained out n- naming rights to a digital property is certainly a valuable thing and we've seen that before too um yeah yeah so it's it's kind of cool that there's lots of uh mini game uh, opportunities for people who go to this concert to enjoy the music and then have a video game in tandem so uh, that kind of struck me as a little bit of the multitasking that's that's usual right so 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 do you think that the the metaverse concerts as you say we've done this multiple times now uh going back to in the 90s, even. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think that the latest hype of them is going to quickly taper off uh, now that uh, many people see the the tailing off of the pandemic? Pandemic. I, I would say no. And and something that struck me last week that I didn't introduce last week is the the marketing aspects of these digital environments are can and should and are quite powerful. So music has has uh, been a transformative experience, I think, in all of our personal lives in one way or another. Uh, yeah, Michael's shaking his head. No, I, you, you can say that. No, all you want. I know you, right? So uh, the transformational power of music and then the, the marketing it drives and the consumption of it, um, it reminds me a little bit of um, an experience that I've had here of late with Snapchat. Now, I'm not a big Snapchat user, 
Um, I've only just recently joined Snapchat so I can interact with one of my kids who said, I will communicate with you if you're on Snapchat. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Uh, so when you're away from home, I'd like to at least know that things are good and happy and whatnot. And my Snapchat experience has an awful lot of um, designer clothing opportunities from a various and sundry things that you can dress up your avatar in those. I don't know if that's the same case in Fortnite, but it might. And there are certain clothing brands. Uh, I'll give you one good example from, from um, when we were younger, Michael, and I don't know if this was so much the rage in, in the UK at all, Andy, I'm curious to know. Uh, there's a company from California called Vans, V-A-N-S, and they make shoes uh, and other kinds of clothing too. Sneakers. They've, Yes. Ah, sneakers. Yes. Sneakers. Thank you. There's been a big resurgence of vans in the, um, in the malls here in the U S and, and with folks wearing them these days. And I have to wonder how much is that due to vans spending appropriate amounts of their marketing effort to have digital goods that you can have for free in environments like Snapchat to dress up your avatar. And then you decide you want to have them too. I so, had no idea that that had happened. I mean, I'm familiar with vans, and actually, I've owned quite a number of pairs myself. And I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm familiar with the brand. They're certainly uh, still a brand, uh, also a brand here. I didn't know that that was a ca- uh, how things were working from their marketing perspective. Um, it's a really good question. I was wondering as we started to talk about this. Michael pointed out the State Farm connection. What what is going on here? Why is State Farm doing this? They're an insurance company, right? But I then thought to myself also, I'm sure I've heard something else about State Farm recently in, in this context. Pulled up uh, one of our friends from uh, the um, privacy world um, and search engines uh, and uh, searched to find out what they've been up to. So November, 21, uh, November 2021, I beg your pardon, uh, they launched an AR treasure hunt Um for related to some football games and NFTs. Uh-huh. Um, so they did that previously in the last 12 months. Um, they also, as well as launching with iHeartRadio in Fortnite, um, in June they launched in, this, the iHeartLand in Roblox. Um, although yeah, I, I thought I remember. Although that. actually, it's not clear whether it, that's actually what happened because this is this talks about. Um, they announced a partnership to launch iHeartland in Roblox, but I then that's behind an ad, uh, ad wall, the neck, that, that uh, story. So I can't quite see. They state found themselves on their own news site, their own PR site, talked about in February, talked about um, 100 years of, of State Farm and getting into the metaverse, VRAR, and so on, having been working in this space since 2016, apparently. Again, I just wonder what, other than just sort of, hey, I've heard of that brand, so I'm going to go buy some insurance from them. It's, right. uh, it's a strange, somewhat strange connection. Well, think about it. Uh, the, the, the target audience in types of spaces and concerts are people who are not big on buying insurance, whether it's renter's insurance. They, they buy car insurance because they have to. But they don't buy renter's insurance or home insurance unless you know they're already bought a house and are required by law. So, so it's a way to make your brand a little bit more 
visible or at least awareness so that you can then sit there and go oh what's this renter's insurance right why why would i need that and you have that opportunity to have the conversation yeah i I, it's it's just striking to me that uh, i agree with you andy that you've, you've got now these impressions and opportunity to trigger actions and when they're in environments like this the 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 awareness raises um there's an opportunity to engage with the brand whether it's iHeartRadio or a sponsor like an insurance company or the like, or in the case of Snapchat with clothing companies, that you know, are we seeing markets beginning to move? And the the intriguing thing that I'm drawing here is that I've seen, at least in the clothing space, at least within people that I know that are university age or a little younger, um, that their clothing decisions in the last few years uh, seem to align. Uh, nicely with where some of the clothing choices are for applications like Snapchat, which just to me boggled my mind a bit. It's, it's actually interesting as I do a bit more research as we're speaking um, that to me, it's interesting that um, most of the stories are just PR stories. I can't Mm -hmm. find anybody reviewing it, talking about it, you know, particularly, I find it hilarious that there is a Roblox badge for State Farm, um, which apparently was last updated August 25th, 2018. Which is just a weird it's thing. It's current. Uh, why, would, why would you want a State Farm? Um, yeah, Be- because I, I just, it's because it's a brand name and it's yeah. and it's something that you could put on, you know? Got to collect them all. Got to collect them yeah. all. Yeah. Like a NASCAR driver, you could have like, you know, your avatar have patches from every company. Well, we've been talking about gaming um, in the metaverse mm-hmm. and Fortnite, um, and we've been talking about a particular big brand. But let's talk about Ooh, a little like, smaller brand. Yeah, a, a brand, but still a gaming brand, a gaming brand, sure. actually, an actual gaming brand in this case, um, going from the physical to the AR, I guess. So there's a story on The Verge about uh, Catan Tilt, uh, Tilt Five AR, which is coming out next year. Um, a 3D holographic version of um, Settles of Catan. And now, Michael, you mentioned at the before we started the show recording that you think that Epred has um, got something similar to this. Yeah, I, I think he has the Tilt 5. Oh, the is, Tilt 5 oh, is, is, tilt a five is the device, isn't it? You might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because uh, I recognize the goggles and I recognize the, the little wand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so having... You know, a a fairly uh, let's face it. This is Settlers of Catan's a big brand name when it comes to gaming. You know, to say we're going to take our tabletop game and throw it in in AR for you, I think that's a that's a great uh, win for these guys. And it looks like a, a good use of the technology. It it does, and Catan can certainly be um, a killer app, so to speak, for something like this because the people who really love Catan really love it. Right, so this could be a way for people to sit around the same table and experience it together, which could be really cool. Uh, and I could see where there's a distance version, where, uh, for example, the three of us could be at our own homes and we could be experiencing a game simultaneously from our own homes, looking at the same board and being able to engage with the board and therefore one another. Through something that, like this, I think that will be really, really good. Actually, um, I, I just found a, a picture of Ian, uh, which I'm sure he'll be delighted for us to embed <laughs> on our blog post, uh, featuring him wearing stylish his Tilt Five uh, 
glasses uh, looking uh, as stylish as he ever has. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the other piece of news that we, we hadn't got on our list, though, was that uh, Oculus, um, or sorry, Meta, have a new headset apparently coming out um, in October, October right? right? Um, which is supposed yeah, to be I more... I saw that announced. Yeah, they, they, there's, uh, it was <laughs> announced bizarrely on a radio or a radio show on a podcast. Um, but uh, it's coming up in October with... Um, a lot more facial tracking and having facial facial expressions um, represented on the avatar. So that sounds quite interesting as new features. Um, we'll see. We'll see when we learn more. But Ars Technica and a few other sites have got um, some some very light on details information uh, at the moment. Ooh, and um, you know that the article from The Verge here too, toward the end of it, I didn't notice this before, but the the, the group that's been partnered with the Tilt 5 crowd here, uh, um, the Embracer group bought Asmodee in March, which oh. means that there is a Lord of the Rings set of games that might be coming to Tilt 5 in addition. And given the in incredible amounts of money being spent on Lord of the Rings franchise work, in, including what Amazon is doing these days. That could be pretty, pretty interesting tie in to all of this, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. So, so that's coming out. What is it this weekend or next week? Uh, I thought it was September, isn't it? Isn't it September? First, well, that, first Sunday in September. Well, that's a week. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's a week on week on Sunday then. Yeah. This yeah. Yeah. 10 yeah. days away from as we speak. So by the time you're listening to this show, it'll be coming up at the end of the week. Oh, see, there you go. You were temporarily see, I advancing. I like that. I was temporarily located correctly. <laughs> huh. Interesting material well, on got, a lot of lows. We also had a quick hit link here. And while we're still on the same sort of topic area of games and in particular tabletop games, um, there's a Kickstarter that's been quite, um, I wouldn't say aggressively, persistently um, promoted to me um, based on my Kickstarter history as a superhero of different things. Um, and of course, Tilt 5 itself was a Kickstarter, I believe. Um, uh, and uh, this is for Project Ironside, which is an extendable board game table. The people that are coming up with this um, are from Calgary in Canada, but I believe they had a previous Kickstarter, I think, to convert IKEA um, cubes, I think, to store your board games, if I remember rightly. So I think that's the case. It's certainly been sort of, you know, they, they, they were talking about, look, we've got a track record in the promotional stuff I've seen. It does look like a nice table. Um, Michael, you said that you thought it was a little expensive. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it it's not nice, but, but it's I not mean, that expensive for, for a special use table. Uh, even though it has, you know, things you can put on top and make. It still seems a little pricey for uh, IKEA. Uh, well, I don't know if you've been to an IKEA here recently. I have, <laughs> and it, it is not I've that expensive. <laughs> I've never been to one. <laughs> you, you should. That way, you can take the shortcut to get to the canteen. Get yourself some yummy Swedish meatballs. Uh, yeah, this this is this is actually. Uh, I, I like the way they 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 spell it. It's like, oh, you know, have you had this problem where your dice roll off the edge of the table? <laughs> hey, we can solve that problem for you because we we've, we've got a lip, and you won't spill your drink. 
And you can save your game. Because they have a lip, which means you the can, drink will spill and then go on top of your boards nicely and, and stay soaking in. And if we ever do a an in-person you know, uh, podcast meetup for all of our fans, then we can always we have can extend the table. multiple of them to actually create one mega table to get all of our fans around the same table playing, yeah. uh, More than playing games. Wow. So, so if we want to play a game um, in advance of the iPhone update, uh, there was a fun game. Uh, article from cult of mac that i came across this week where it allows you to configure your very own new iphone with all kinds of bells and whistles and capabilities and uh design it and um then it will get uh, uh tim cook to actually sell it for you and what they say is something like a monty python video worth worth uh worth checking out well, Mike um, was already yeah, trying we'll this. have we'll have mine that i designed uh maybe even in the show that mine was only 1700 Ooh. Wow! I was, did you? Um, in- I was instructed not to um, use this website or to, in fact, think about new new iPhones um, by somebody <laughs> by somebody nearby uh, me. So um, this is something that I spent a lot of time on. I have to admit. I'm I'm waiting waiting for the day. I I remember the click wheel Mac, and I I was happy to see that you can put a click wheel on the new iPhone if you decided that that was an important feature for you. I want one of those. Um, Okay. Mac? iPod. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, well, you you really could click (laughs) it anywhere you want. I'm sure there's been a click wheel Mac designed by somebody. Yeah, I'm sure. It was probably in, uh, in one of the labs. Yeah. And there, and the, and you can apply as I did for my iPhone, the Pro Stand, so that you could attach your newly designed iPhone I, I to the, the Pro Stand. Oh, did you? Know, it's so big, you need the handle. So, uh, speaking of things that have handles, um, uh, Andy, there's an article here about a toy saw to uh, just you know slice through things uh, easily, effectively, like a like a knife through butter, a hot knife through butter. But this person decided to do something a little differently with this toy saw than what you would ordinarily do, didn't they? Yeah. So let me set this up a little bit. I, um, was this week, um, uh, part of a Twitch stream. I joined as a viewer of a Twitch stream, um, that was, uh, about the IOT internet of things. And um, the presenter was and her guest were looking at Arduino and figuring out, you know, what they could use them for in terms of, you know, remote control and and using them to uh, interact with uh, different services. And then started to talk about this particular article, which is um, a few years old, but not too many. Um, And specifically, she mentioned that um, she'd seen this person previously um, using um, a toy saw with uh, an Arduino um, to uh, control Fortnite. <laughs> um, <laughs> so while whilst I was watching um, these two uh, ladies talk about um, this and, and talk about Arduino, I was busy googling to find the story because I thought it was so funny. And of course, then it descended and in the chat into a conversation about Second Life, and I was talking about things we used to do in terms of, um, you know not digital twin, but uh, representing objects in, in, in real life and, and sending data between them and um, second life back in, back in the day, back when, when uh, we were all much, much younger. So uh, yeah, it was a fun thing. I thought this was a, this was a good one. I hadn't even considered um, taking a toy saw and uh, adding it to an Arduino, adding an Arduino to it. Um, But it was a, it was a fun one. I thought, 
Yeah, and and, and quite appropriately too, right? Because you're using it for Fortnite to do the building of your little towers. Or from, not with. Shooting with a tower would be really (laughs) (laughs) That's a She-Hulk maneuver. You take the tower and you just throw it at somebody. Have either of you watched She-Hulk? Yeah, I haven't watched last night's, yesterday's yet, but I've watched the first episode, which I I personally really enjoyed, but I know that um, not everybody has really enjoyed, so um, for for various reasons. So, um, yeah, I think it was a good start. Uh, the first episode wasn't very lawyery, and um, I'm imagining it should get more like that. So I'm looking forward to catching up. <laughs> Al- Alec McBeal meets Marvel. Um, so, so the Click Wheel Mac disappeared from our show notes document. It was there a I moment just, ago, and now I, it's gone. I, I, it's just a, <laughs> a, bug, a bug in the uh, in the clipboard, pasting into into uh, into our, our note taking software. But yes, um, Onion, the Onion did indeed come up with a MacBook with ClickWheel back in, uh, what year was it first published? Oh, about a year or two years ago, um, I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I managed to, to drag that out. Well, the comments, no, it's, a few, it's quite a few years ago. I think the comments are a year Originally published a lot longer. It's got over 12 million views. So uh, it's definitely been a thing. I knew I was okay. imagining it, or you weren't imagining it when you mentioned it. Yeah, it, it was probably just being drug out of the depths of my experience. I remember how you could uh, the, the marketing copy was like, and it's really easy to enter text because all you have to do is circle around in the alphabet and then press right. the button for yes, each letter you exactly. want. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, computers that are ultimately much more practical, uh, Andy, you brought this forward, gosh, a couple episodes, I think, ago, where there was a story about um, someone who was using Lego computer-looking bricks to actually build a little Lego computer inside a little brick. And, yeah, I lo- and it's I mean, gotten better. I love this, obviously. Um, so um, James Brown um, tweeted, I'd found it through so, through some tweets um, about the little Lego computer bricks that they used to have in the Lego space um, from the 1980s with the little designs. And he'd actually managed to find a tiny, tiny, tiny little LCD screen display that would fit under the surface of one of those if, uh, if the surface of one of those was only somewhat transparent. Um, so he's done a lot more work with it. Um, little a little OLED um, displays, uh, 72 by 40 pixel OLED screens. Now, I, in fact, have, I've oh, just no. realized, exactly the same screen on, on a device. What? Um, what? On a device that I par- currently own. Um, but, um, uh, but, but mine is not inside a Lego brick. Mine is currently on top of a, an ESP32 C3 um, processor chip. Anyhow, anywho, those those displays apparently fit perfectly inside these bricks, and um, you can, if you're prepared to use some of the older 1980s or early 90s um, Lego bricks with metal terminals in them that they used for powered um, objects back then, um, you can um, uh, power them directly from other bricks. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. He's uh, he's done things like streaming Doom into the into the brick. Uh, he's recreated the little displays that were painted onto the bricks in, in an animated form. Um, and a little star Wars version too. Yeah. Now he's kind of done the trench run. Uh, although again, there was actually, uh, there is in fact, um, uh, an existing Lego brick designer that, that, that uses that kind of similar, uh, look, um, so he originally was planning to thinking of using these on key under keycaps. I'm sure that would be very cool as well. 
but he's decided to do this into bricks and now he's um started to think and it and actually it all dates back to the the thumby that we've also talked about in the in the show in the past and i also own one of those tiny little um miniature game boy type things um so he had one of those and thought what can i do with with a screen like this so it looks like he's um not exactly about to release them as things you can buy or license the idea to lego there's kind of a conversation here that kind of says you know look this is doable this is something that potentially it could be made um so it leaves you with this sort of tempting kind of sense that maybe they might be able to do something with this in in, in the future so yeah it's it's extremely awesome um he's actually now created it in such a way that there's a printable board rather than sort of having stuck it all together um it's still stuck together but he's uh, he's actually designed it in such a way that it's it's all kind of a a system that he's built to make these things so very awesome very scene. awesome very awesome and you can't buy one now because he's not in the business of doing this but um but there this verge article uh, definitely highly recommended take a look at it the videos the jigs everything that's been I, created very Lego cool bricks are expensive anyway and they always have been um quite expensive uh, and i was also reading a thing this week about the fact that the lego ideas sets the crowdsourced ideas um those sets are getting for the, the, the typically are aimed at adults uh, not always but mostly now they are aimed at adults uh, uh and the, the sets are getting bigger and more complex over time um so the cost of course is is exponentially increasing along that line now were you to start including even one of these bricks in um, some of those sets, you're massively increasing the price. So it's not the kind well, of yeah, thing and I. And you wouldn't them just to. include, you wouldn't just include one, right? You'd want a bank of computers. Yeah, you'd need blinky blinky lights everywhere, all around your. Yeah, uh, lots of blinkers. Uh, kind of like our recording studio. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our recording studios. Well, oh, team, I I know we are about at time, aren't we? Uh-huh. So. So much more that we could share and talk about, but that means you need to come back here again next time, next week, right about the same time, because that's when it's going to be. See, Michael, watch what I'm doing here. That's when we're going to post it, and you'll be back again then, and you'll have the next edition uh, with topics and ideas and things that you want to hear more about at gamesatwork.biz. So drop us a tweet, let us know, and we'll come back again and chat about them in a week's time. Thanks, everybody. See ya. You've been listening to GamesAtWork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at GamesAtWork underscore biz or at our website at GamesAtWork.biz. You have been listening to Games at Work.biz.